early winter, um, someone had asked, like, do like when do girls stop playing on pay? And one of our cast members who was in the audience answered, you know, you never really stop playing on pay. You just need someone to invite you. Hello, my name is Abna Sewa, the editor of Akadi magazine. And you were just listening to Claudia Uwusu, one half of the co-directing duo that created the film Ampe, Leap into the Sky, Black Girl. If you've never heard of or played Ampe, it's an ancient game enjoyed primarily by girls in Ghana, as well as in other parts of Africa. Players use mental and physical strategy through rhythmic jumping and clapping to outwit their opponents. The game is now recognised as a sport in Ghana. And in 2022, Claudia and Ife Oluwamuide showcased Ampe Leap Into The Sky, Black Girl. The film documentary captures the thoughts of schoolgirls and young women in sister cities Accra in Ghana and Colombia in Ohio, USA, who share their experiences of playing the game. We spoke to the filmmakers to find out more. Um, I'm Claudia Owusu, and I think Ife and I would both agree that the best way to explain Ampe to someone who's never played is by connecting it to like rock, paper, scissors. So the game is just like rock, paper, scissors, but with your feet. It's a game of chance, is rhythmic with full energy and focus. And you basically have two sides. You have the Ostre T, which is when you play the same leg as your opponent. And then you have the Oconto, where you play a different leg than your opponent. And so it's essentially a game of chance and a game of odds. And you're just trying to beat out the opposing team um, by trying to predict what leg they're going to throw out. Brilliant. Thank you. And if I... Tell me what inspired you to create a film about an ancient game played in Ghana and neighbouring countries. Yeah, so Claudia and I have been filmmaking collaborators for quite a few years now. And uh, we kind of found our way into documentary unexpectedly. And I think it's something that we've fallen in love with. And we're both immigrants. She's from Ghana. I'm from Nigeria. And we moved to Columbus, Ohio um, during like our formative years. Um, So basically documenting our culture and the people around us has always been really important. Um, How this kind of came about was um, during the early months of uh, 2020, during the pandemic, Um, We had like a little surprise picnic birthday party for Claudia at a park. Um, And during that, the girls that were there ended up playing Ampe, like nearing the end. And it was so interesting to just see that people who we know as more reserved and quiet or like, you know, pulled together, were just really unleashing all these different emotions and expressions during the game. And it was a couple days later that Claudia called me and she was like, oh, I think we should do a film about Ampe. And I was like, that's crazy because I was thinking the same thing. And so that summer we were also working on a different documentary project that had been commissioned. So we had um, access to equipment and we decided, you know, kill two birds with one stone and try and film Ampe while also filming this uh, during our free time. 
And that's how it came about. I mean, eventually with that first version of the film, we sent it out to people and the feedback that we received, we kind of decided to revisit the project. And that's what became Ampe as we know it now. But yeah, that's how it all came to be. When when you talked about the first time you sent it out, does that mean that the second iteration included the Ghana part? Yeah, actually, the first iteration was just strictly in Columbus, Ohio, with girls that we already knew and had access to. We just wanted insight into what their experience was like playing Ampe, because, well, Columbus, Ohio is a sister city to Ghana, so there are over 10,000 Ghanaians in Columbus, Ohio. Um, So in the beginning, there was already that juxtaposition. We just didn't have the funds to go and travel to Ghana. (laughs) So we're like, (laughs) next best thing, we're going to interview girls who grew up in Ghana, but immigrated to the U.S. and kind of see how Ampe Uh, how it connects like their life there versus their life here and that's how it first started brilliant and Claudia am I right in thinking you lived in Ghana or no you were born in Ghana so you went to school there so you learned and pay that way yes I was born in Ghana lived here for the first 10 years of my life and then I immigrated to Columbus Ohio with my, my siblings And so, yeah, I think I've just always been in tune with Ghanaian culture. I think there's something to be said about moving with siblings that are within your age range, as opposed to moving as like a single child in a a household. So I think a lot of the Ghanaian culture still felt very present, even in the midst of that move. Mm, Okay. And if is that the same for you? Did you learn Ampe when you were little? I actually did not. I I was born in Nigeria, but I moved to the U.S. when I was three years old. When we started this project, I like spoke to my mom about it, and she shared that it was something that they played in Nigeria when she was younger by the name of Ten Ten. Um, but it was never something that she shared with me, surprisingly. So my introduction to Ampe was literally at the picnic that we had, and I was so amazed by it. So, mm. And that's what I wanted to talk about. There's words that came up like strong, powerful, which I think typically we don't associate with women if we're being stereotypical. So it was really nice to, to hear those words being spoken by the ladies and also when you compare it to the other two films I'm not sure if you're aware of the other two films that were shown at the Flatpak Festival but they just showed a different side of girlhood which wasn't present in yours so yours was very positive very inclusive there was a community those are the types of words that were used and this you know this strength powerful that kind of language so I was quite keen to find out from you if that surprised you when you were doing your research that these strong words were coming out from the ladies you interviewed? It didn't necessarily surprise us. I think if anything, it kind of just added a mood to the words and maybe like gave us synonyms to go off of, especially with like the younger girls just sort of interviewing them and they use the word like, you know, you can be as bush as you want. And it's like, yeah, we've always thought about abandon. We've always thought about carefreeness, but that word bush is like a different I guess, like texture as well. And so that's really beautiful. I think interviewing the girls just sort of like added a vocabulary bank or a word bank that really just affirmed our vision for the project and how we felt in our collaboration and in the midst of filming and interviewing. And if I, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, I guess I echo what Claudia is saying. I think watching the girls that we knew in our life play Ampe we already had a feeling 
for what like we wanted to capture in the film, but like through interviewing, being able to put words to it in a different way and seeing that everybody's experience is so similar in the way that they feel in the way that Ampe makes them feel um, was just really reassuring and being like, oh, okay, like we're doing something right. We're documenting something that's like really important. Mm. What I liked is just how old um, I was told that Ampe is apparently over 200 years. I don't know if you have more facts about that. Yeah, it was hard to find any facts. I think we just really went off of oral storytelling. And so when interviewing the two older women, Joyce Mahama and Agnes Abefe, they've been playing since they were children and they saw older girls playing while they were children as well. And so it's just this thing that continues on and on that is really difficult to kind of like find its initial beginning. But that's something that Aoife and I are definitely interested in exploring further. I guess we see this film as sort of like starting up a trail around Ampe that other people can contribute to throughout time. So we're excited to see what other discoveries people bring. Mm. I mean, one of the discoveries that I loved was learning that it's good for people who want to improve their maths and the fact that it's an official sport in Ghana. So I don't know if if you wanted to explore those two points a bit more. That was also something that we were fascinated by because um, we first shot in Ghana and we had the interview with um, Mrs. Joyce Mahama and she was talking about how Ampe helps girls academically and how it like relates to math and helps them to grow and be better at math. And I remember filming Claudia and I were like, okay, that's kind of irrelevant. That's not really what we're looking for, but sure, we'll keep it in mind. And then when we shot in Columbus, Ohio, one of the girls, I believe it was Edwina, she talked about how when she was younger playing Ampe, the rhythm of Ampe helped them learn their times tables. And so we're like, oh, there is that connection that Ampe, although it is something that the girls play in, in their free time and we feel relaxed, but it also is very educational in a way. And the way that women and young girls are able to, I don't know, like, just connect something so freeing into something that can also help them in their everyday life is so interesting to see. But we didn't delve deep into that, but it's just like a, a cool thing to know about Ampe. Absolutely. On top of that, it's just beautifully shot. So talk to us about how you were able to capture so much beauty. I mean, looking at the close-ups of the women that you showed, their hairstyles, the energy, there was so much of that. So can you talk us through how you were able to capture that so well? Claudia? Yeah, um, I think Ethan and I, one thing that just like the visual language of the films that we made or hope to make is just the desire to capture Black girls um, in a way that is, I guess, like exalting or celebratory and just like depicting them in their most natural beauty, essentially. And so with that, we just kind of compiled a lot of different references in our pre-production stage, thinking about a color scheme. And then we also pulled together some lighting references. We really wanted it to feel like how it feels when Black girls gather. Like, what does it mean to be in a room with a bunch of Black girls? And we definitely get that um, in the salon interview scene where the camera is just sort of like revolving in the middle of that circle of girls um, in their conversation. So that's sort of like just that 
visual element of summer and just color and ease. Um, and then thinking about also how best to light dark skin or maybe even like caramel skin tones. And so, yeah, thinking about those things were a big part of our pre-production development. So what do you think you've learned? Because you also, as you said, shot in Ghana as well. So completely different lighting and everything. And I, I believe you must have worked with film experts there. Yeah, so we actually, we had two cinematographers. We had two teams, one in Ghana and then one in the U.S. Um, and both of our cinematographers are very knowledgeable. Um, obviously, it's an exchanging of ideas, like Claudia said. We're sharing with them what we want, what our goal is, and they're able to tell us what is possible and how they can do the certain things that we want done. Um, I think something that we've taken away from this is how much of a team effort filmmaking is. Um, in previous projects that we've worked on, it's really just been Claudia and I. And I think it's been such an amazing learning experience having a wonderful team who is well-versed in like each thing that they do. Like we have a producer who has produced projects in the past. So they have knowledge on that. We have a cinematographer. We have like an assistant camera. I remember in the beginning, like Claudia and I, we're like what's an assistant camera why do we need him like why is he part of the budget that's such a big part of the budget but it was like something that comes in handy you need somebody to pull focus because the dp themselves can't do that also while getting the shot so dp yes director of photography oh okay yeah. So it's like so many little things that when we were doing it on our own, we didn't know about, we wouldn't even consider. But we've learned like all these little things add up to make like a holistic project. So yeah, the biggest thing we're really grateful for our team. We're grateful for all the people who have supported us through this journey. Um, because without them, I don't think this film would have been made possible. Yeah. And how long in total from conception to the end? Uh, three years. Oh, three years. Three years. And where was it first shown? Um, our premiere for Ampe, I think Indie Memphis was our yeah. first film okay. screening. And it was a virtual film screening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was uh -huh. last October. Yes. And was it ever screened in Ghana? Like physically? Yes. In um, March of 2023 for Ghana's Independence Day, alongside other Ghanaian films through Africa Film Society. Okay. And in terms of how you've been able to find funding, all of that stuff, like how was that journey? Yeah. So um, I guess in the beginning, most of the grants that we were applying to were local Columbus, Ohio grants, because those are the things that we were most familiar with. So like the Greater Arts Council of Columbus, um, we were doing things with like the Wexner Arts Center. So I guess for like filmmakers who are looking for funding, I, I guess look into your local art chapters. That's a great place to start. Um, but as we began the journey of the film and um, bringing more people on, they were able to help us and like throw things our way that they thought um, what we were doing would apply to. And then um, lots of grant writing, getting the language of the film together to make it appealing to funders. I mean, in terms of applications, there were a lot of rejections. And in the beginning, Claudia and I were kind of like, 
regardless of whether or not we get funding from other people, we're going to make this uh, project. And at a point, it just kind of has to be like you putting the money in and believing in yourself and the project enough to be like, even if I don't get this back, it was worth it. And if I do get it back, like we believed in ourselves to know that it was going to happen. And so that's what the first couple months of our journey was. Um, I guess the biggest thing that we applied to that really helped us was the Black Star film pitch. Um, And through that, we were able to win a grant with uh, Warner Media. And that was like the bulk of um, the money that we received for this project. I forgot. We also had a little stint of like a, a, what is it? Was it not GoFundMe? It was, we didn't do Indiegogo. Yeah, Indiegogo. So we did a little campaign (laughs) for fundraising. uh, And we didn't reach our goal, but it was a little under half that we met. Mm -hmm. Um, And then with that, and then the money that we put together ourselves, that's what kind of like uh, propelled the project. And then with the grant that we received from Blackstar slash Warner, that's what's like, oh, we're putting it back. Like we owe people, we need to pay mm-hmm. people back who did things out of kindness. And yeah. And then a lot of that like fed our post-production as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So all, all the film festivals we're seeing your film at, that's also contributing back to what you've paid out? Um, yes and no. I think oftentimes with film festivals, you're just paying for your films to be screened. So some festivals do end up paying you, but the bulk of them don't as well. So I think we are just more interested in how to make the film more accessible and festivals are an avenue for that. Okay. Are you comfortable with sharing how much it costs you to make the film? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think from pre-production up to post-production, I feel like we've rounded it up to like Mm $30,000. But it could be a little bit more because at different points, we've both chipped in our money. Mm. And so, I mean, we haven't even been paid for the film yet. (laughs) It's the kind of thing where you're just like hoping that, you know, in faith that somewhere down the line, it'll pay for itself. But I think we're just really passionate about it and we're very proud of the work that we've done together and even individually um, and it's taught us a lot so we're very hopeful about just the community that we're creating around the film. Well I mean I can say from watching the film what happened was one of the ladies that performed said that she's going to start um, a group so she's based in Birmingham so I'm actually on the WhatsApp group so they've already started a group but she's quite keen to maybe showcase some other kinds of games as well that are played in Ghana. And I was reading a book by a Danish man from 1711 who talks about jumping the rope, and that was in Accra. And I've always associated that language or those words with America. So I thought it was interesting that that was the word or the words that were used. So, I mean, do you see this as maybe scope for exploring other games that are played in West Africa or Africa? Yeah, I think our main goal with this film, which it seems like it's already happening, is just encourage um, other Black women and Black girls to document things that they find important within their community, um, because it's important for us to write our history back into the history books. Um 
because we're the ones that experience it firsthand. And so we can do justice to the story that we're trying to tell. So we're really excited that people are encouraged to do that. I think for Claudia and I, um, Ampe was just like a really specific project and something that we felt we needed to do. Other things and other games, as much as we're interested in it, I don't think there's like a direct connection for us. And maybe there are other people out there who could tell the story better than we ever could. And Mm -hmm. for that, like, we just encourage them to have the courage to do that. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. Black girls from different diasporic identities can sort of like bring to the table to just kind of make this very nuanced and multi-layered conversation around the spaces that we occupy as Black girls, namely within the lens of play. Um, And then, I mean, like coming to Ghana this summer in June, we are doing a series of community screenings and namely with school-aged children, thinking about ways that we can just carve out time for play together. And I think in that space, we'll probably bring in like different games and maybe like hand games or jump roping or um gimp we call it in the U.S. so I feel like that's the only context as of right now where we see other games kind of like bleeding into the conversation Mm. um which is like just creating that moment of like a recess again within our workshops and the conversation series we're hosting for the film this summer and where will that be yeah it'll be in Accra um throughout the month of June so we're partnering with women-led organizations um to just host screening and talkbacks and workshops for Ghanaian girls of different ages. Everyone is welcome, of course, but Ghanaian girls are our target audience. Okay. And I guess details, further details of exactly where will be highlighted on your website? Yes, on our website as well as our Instagram at um, Study Film. Okay, brilliant. So my last question, and I feel like you may have answered this a little bit, I'm interested to know what the response has been, because it is very nuanced and niche. So in Ghana, what has been the response and also the diaspora? Ife, if you'd like to respond? Yeah, so far, the response has been incredibly positive, which we're so thankful for. I think um, having worked on something for three years and being the two main people that see it, Obviously, we're happy with where it went, but then putting it out to the world for an audience to see is completely different. Um, But having people encourage us and like they're really proud of us and the work that we did, we're really grateful for that. Um, I guess a lot of people are like sharing their stories with us about playing Ampe when they were younger or playing it now and how it makes them feel Um, the idea of like Black girl joy and how it's being shown on screen. um, It has just been a positive response, which I mean, we couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah. 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 I think as Ifa said, it's just so edifying to just sit in an audience and watch the film together and see everyone's response. I think we both have our individual responses and our collective responses around the film. And so when we hear about it from other people's perspectives, it's always like, whoa, um, and it takes us aback. I think I'm always just kind of like collecting different lines that people say (laughs) from the screenings because it's always so beautiful. But at our um, screening at a local university in Ohio, I think early winter, 
um someone had asked like do like when do girls stop playing on pay and one of our cast members who was in the audience answered you know you never really stop playing on pay you just need someone to invite you um and so i think that definitely adds to like that word bank around the film and our intent and our thesis for the film um so it's just like such a beautiful experience to just kind of like interact with different audiences and collect these different words or language or impulses as we go. And I think for me, that's such a fruitful part of the process. Yeah, I love that. I like that idea that all it needs is the activation of an invitation. Thank you so, so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Before I leave you for this month, let me add some clarifications. The lady who I said was inspired to set up a group after watching the film is called Teresa. She, along with other ladies from Ghana Union, Greater Birmingham, staged an Ampe workshop after the film, inviting audience members to learn the game. It was fun to watch, and we've got some clips of the day on our Instagram at Akadimag, A-K-A-D-I-M-A-G. The book I referred to, Where Jumping the Rope Was Mentioned, is called Two Views from Christiansburg Castle. Volume 1, A Brief and Truthful Description of a Journey to and from Guinea by Johannes Rask, translated from Danish by Selina Axelrod Winsnes. And if you're in Ghana, you can attend one of a series of film screenings and panel discussions occurring this month in June. Just follow ampefilm.com a-M-P-E-F-I-L-M dot com or follow their Instagram at Ampe Study Film. So that's A-M-P-E-S-T-U-D-Y-F-I-L-M for more details. Thank you. To listen to more content like this, visit our monthly Academy Magazine Connecting Communities podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout or wherever you listen to your audio. Follow our news on academagazine.com and academagazine.co.uk and access exclusive early release content and discounts at ko-fi.com forward slash academagazine. The music in this episode is called Life No Day Easy by Chechuku and the Super Pong Stars and is a special remix exclusively for Academy Magazine. Superapong Stars is a high-octane patchwork of Ghana's indigenous genres, including palm wine music, high life, Afrobeat and Afro-funk. You can find out more about the band on their Instagram, Superapong Stars. Thank you.